0: The transcontinental flight seemed to go on forever. Finally, around 5 p.m., local time, our plane landed in Miami, and Fleming said, Explain to me again why your friend had to come along? I was a little irked by this, and leaned over to quietly confess, He's the smartest person I know, Flem, And besides, he hates commies. The writer's eyes grew cold from my taunt. Most amusing, he commented, in what must have passed as standard British humor. Wait until he hears about Castro. Last I heard, I said, sort of showing off, Castro is just a guerrilla rebel who forced the Cuban president into exile months ago. In fact, a respected news source quoted him as not being a communist. We shall see, Fleming said in a way I didn't like. The Miami International Airport mirrored that of L.A. I thought for a moment we'd made an in-air U-turn. The same bustling crowd of passengers and visitors, the same ticket counters and vending areas, the same runways, gates, rows of stiff, uncomfortable chairs, and even a few palm trees nodding in the breeze. We located our connecting flight on British West Indies Airways, and boarded for takeoff to Kingston in twenty minutes. It was a two-hour flight on a Gulfstream twin-engine turboprop. There were three other passengers, including someone we all recognized, Boris Karloff. Living all my life in and around the City of Angels, I'd learned that most movie stars are just exaggerated personalities. Somehow, Karloff transcended all that. Norm was in hog heaven upon seeing the old chap again. He'd met him before, somehow, during the filming of Frankenstein, 1970, and they chatted briefly before takeoff. Karloff looked to be in his seventies and walked with a cane. "'Children adore me,' I heard him tell Norm. "'They don't have to get undressed for bed at night. I scare the pants off them!' Norm strapped himself back into his seat next to me, all aglow. Boris is on his way to Puerto Rico to do Osnick and Old Lace at the San Juan Drama Festival. Then, before I was fully prepared for it, we were aloft again, soaring out over the Atlantic, in a plane that sounded like a mixmaster and banked like a roller coaster. I could soon see dark spots in the ocean below that were actually the shadows of small clouds above us. I didn't know if I wanted to be higher or lower. Karloff was seated over my left shoulder. Across the aisle and a couple of seats directly behind me sat a bearded man who had been the first to board. This fellow remained quiet during the first half of the flight, but now moved up the aisle, as if searching for his bag in the overhead rack. One of the stewardesses approached him just as the plane shook from entering a storm front. I watched the bearded guy hand her a piece of paper. Her face went white, and her eyes searched the folds of his jacket as if to measure him for a gun. His coat did appear to hang oddly, and despite the buffeting of the flight, his right hand never left the jacket pocket.